On my last video about Kendrick Lamar's new album, I acknowledged how I appreciated it artistically. However, my spirit was grieved based on some of the content. I've since had more time to sit with the record, as well as hear some additional perspectives on who was driving some of the content in Worldview. And long and behold, my friend Sean from the Track Stars pointed out that he heard multiple references to a new age spiritual guru named Eckhart Tolle. This whole album is inspired by Eckhart Tolle. Kendrick may be being duped by this as well, so it's, that's, that's between him and God. This guy, he's had a long time to perfect this, and this is what this man either really believes or is a super good con man that knows you're gonna believe it. He has three narration credits on the album, as well as references from Kodak Black and Kendrick's fiance Whitney encouraging Kendrick to go get therapy. There's also an image of Kendrick sitting in a session with Eckhart and his face blurred out on a PJ Lang visual mission statement. Why is this significant? So on this video, we'll be looking at exactly what Eckhart believes about God and what we discover may shock you, but it will also help make sense of some of the imagery we've been seeing from Kendrick lately. Bruce Lawn. I want to open up by saying I believe people have the right to believe whatever it is that they want to believe. And I have the right to talk about said belief if I find it problematic, unhelpful, and potentially damaging to an audience that consumes uh, said artist. And so on this video, I am not trying to be malicious. I'm not trying to be mean. There's even a slight chance that Kendrick may be watching this video. Those of you guys that have watched my previous videos know that I've been outspoken, that I think Kendrick Lamar makes some amazing art that I've met him before, that I've had some positive encounters with him. And so I want to make sure that folks know at the very least what's driving some of the worldview in theology. And theology just means the study of God. So on this video, that is what we're going to be looking at, like this PG Lang trailer that I'm going to show you guys here in a second, directly seemingly pulled from Toll's beliefs, as well as a quote from Toll's book about exactly what he believes, why I think artists do this, and some more questions I have for Kendrick Lamar. But watch this video in the timeless god is already but it seems that in the realm of time god is becoming conscious in the process of becoming conscious the sun which continuously emits zillions of photons what are you doing watching the sun let's say the individual photon of course is part of the process of becoming conscious for the sun why are you watching the sun i always wonder why people say we shouldn't stare at this powerful source of energy made me curious and in that process, the individual photon, of course, would undergo a change of consciousness, arising more consciousness. And temporarily, the individual photon, as it becomes together with the sun, it is part of the sun, it makes up conscious it, it no longer realizes its oneness with the sun. What if you go blind? I never heard of anyone going blind from staring at the sun. Have you seen anything yet? Many things. There's a continuum, it's not, never really loses connection with the sun humanity is at because humanity is the human being is the photon the sun particle the consciousness within is the consciousness of god there's only one consciousness the consciousness within is the consciousness of god there's only one consciousness this is some of the theology being presented and what he believes about these things, which basically is using some Christian language and referencing Jesus, however, combining it with a very sinister view that there is no past nor future. Everything is about 
mindfulness, being present, that God is in the present. And you guys can go do your own research. Eckhart Tolle got popping because he appeared on Oprah. And that kind of took him from being a no-name to a massive overnight bestseller. So let's go to his book here, in case you don't believe me. And I'll let you guys listen to how he explains exactly what he believes about all of these different things in his own book. This is called The Power of Now. This is on this PDF. It's page 68. I believe in the physical. It is page 104. You can substitute Christ for presence. So to him, it's all about the presence, all about being in the moment. That's what he talked to Oprah about. If that is more meaningful to you, Christ is your essence. Christ is your God essence or the self as it's sometimes called in the East. The only difference between Christ and presence is that Christ refers to your indwelling divinity. So when we see Kendrick with the crown of thorns, when we see Kendrick presenting himself as Jesus repeatedly, when we see Kendrick saying he's Elohim, aha, it's starting to make sense now. Let's keep going. Regardless of whether you are conscious of it or not, whereas presence means your awakened divinity or God essence. So Christ is your indwelling divinity. Many misunderstandings and false beliefs about Christ will clear if you realize that there is no past or future in Christ. To say that Christ was or will be is a contradiction in terms. Jesus was. He was a man who lived 2,000 years ago, and catch this, and realized divine presence, his true nature. Jesus had to realize his divine presence, his true nature. And by the way, the promise here is that we can be like Jesus in realizing the same divine presence. This is the original uh, lie in the garden, right? Um, He was a man who lived 2,000 years ago and realized his divine presence, his true nature. And so he said, before Abraham was I, he did not say I already existed before Abraham was born. That would have meant that he was still within the dimension of time and form identity. The word I am used in a sentence starts in the past tense. Jesus attempted to convey directly, not through discourse thought, the meaning of presence. It's all about presence, of self-realization. He had gone beyond the conscious dimension governed by time into the realm of the timeless. The dimension of eternity had come into this world. Eternity, of course, does not mean endless time, but no time. Thus, the man Jesus became Christ. So Jesus isn't fully God and fully man. Jesus became Christ because he realized his consciousness and his divinity. The second coming of Christ is a transformation of human consciousness, a shift from time to presence, from thinking to pure consciousness, not the arrival of some man or woman. So he doesn't believe in the second coming. He doesn't believe that Christ was fully God, fully man. He believes that Christ became divine. If Christ were to return tomorrow in some externalized form, what could he or she possibly say to you other than this? I am the I am the truth. I am divine presence. I am eternal life. I am within you. I am here. I am now. Never personalize Christ. Never personalize Christ for your own uh, salvation, for your own pathway to heaven, for your own relationship, right? Don't make Christ into a form identity. Avatars, divine mothers, enlightened masters, the very few that are real are not special as persons without a self to uphold, defend, and feed. They are they are more simple, more ordinary than ordinary men or women. Anyone with a strong ego will regard them as insignificant or more likely not see them at all your consciousness and awareness of the presence is the divinity that Jesus had and that you can attain said divinity. That is exactly what he's saying. So it's not divine and human. 
and Jesus bridges the gap. It's your consciousness and you being willing to be present and be mindful and meaningful in the moment because there's no past, there's no future. You can then achieve divinity. You can achieve the same thing that Christ achieved. A lot of this stuff starts making sense with regards to how influential this is on Kendrick's album, on Kendrick's content. You guys saw the PJ Lang trailer. I mean, they literally took that seemingly verbatim from uh, Eckhart uh, Tolle talk, right? Where now you got baby Keem staring at the sun. Why? Because they believe that the part of the sun comes to be in us the same way that the, the divine comes and be in part of us. And now we're one with the sun and now we're one with God and now we're God. I have a, a couple different things I want to point to, but before we do that, guys, make sure you're subscribed with the bell notification on. We've been getting reports that uh, some of my videos are getting shadow banned. You guys aren't seeing them in your feed. So make sure the notification is on so that you don't miss a thing as well as make sure you are signed up to our Patreon community. That's a great way in case YouTube decides to shadow ban as we continue making fire videos like this. Okay, so Dunning-Kruger effect is very important so that you can actually spot some of your own goofiness with the way you approach information. This is the chart right here. Okay, you guys should go and, and, and dive in, do some deep research on this, and I'm going to bring this all together here in a second. But here's what the Dunning-Kruger effect says. The more confidence someone exhibits, so this is a confidence spectrum, and this is a competence spectrum. So here's what happens with the Dunning-Kruger effect, and many of us can fall victim to it. In the Dunning-Kruger effect, the way this chart is laid out is that the people with the most amount of confidence in a topic tend to have the least amount of competence and, and understanding. Meaning that when you first discover information, you are so excited to tell everybody else about the said information. However, you don't have the metadata, the metadata to understand everything you don't understand about said topic, okay? Because you are earlier on in the process. So your confidence is directly correlated to your lack of competence. Okay? This is why they've done story, uh, they've, they've done studies and they've surveyed the top engineers in a specific field. How, what percentile do you think you fall into in terms of the engineers here in this firm? And the most average people tend to always think they're in the top percentile. Just like most people who drive cars, when they're surveyed about the quality of driver they are, they think they're all better supreme car drivers and they're above average. However, they're usually below average. Okay, This is something that is everywhere with the way people attain information. And why am I telling this? Because I think creatives are always looking for something to pull on. They're always looking for something to pull into their content to get inspired. Kendrick told you on the album, he had, he had writer's block for two years, okay? Meaning that he couldn't get anything out. And so as creatives, oftentimes what we can do is we can get information and we can be quick to infuse said information into our art without fully processing everything we don't understand about the said information. And then we end up living out this chart with the Dunning-Kruger effect. So Kendrick probably heard some of this stuff. It sounded cool. The dude was saying Jesus. But I don't think most of us can fully understand everything we don't know about a said topic. 
You see what I'm saying? So most people, when they get new information, they just want to regurgitate it and say it back to people without fully having a grasp. And so what happens with the Dunning-Kruger effect is that then this is right here called the, 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 the mountain of stupid because you think you know, but you really don't know. And then as you start go, going more and more and more into the information, your confidence level drops because you discover everything you don't know. You discover everything you don't understand. And then slowly it starts coming back up on the other end of the spectrum. And over here is when you actually really know something is when you start having something called imposter syndrome. And so there's, there's, there's three types of knowledge here that many of us know. Propositional knowledge, which is like you learn something, a systematical documentation of something. You get information, boom, you, that's propositional knowledge, right? It's in writing. You read a book, you hear a saying. It's like FAQ, frequently asked questions, right? The second type of knowledge, though, is called procedural or implicit knowledge. This is when you start actually understanding how to take the knowledge, the explicit knowledge that you just learned about, that you're super confident about, and you start learning to apply it. It's called procedural knowledge, learn skills or know how to, okay? This is where knowledge starts becoming wisdom, okay? Problem solving. And the last type of knowledge is the experimental or tacit knowledge. This is now where it becomes instinctual. It becomes a part of who you are. It's informal, but personal. It's understood without being said. It's learned over time, right? This is a different type of knowledge. This is also exhibited through emotional intelligence. And so what happens oftentimes is when we're learning something new, when we learn about a new idea, a new theology, a new teacher, a new this, a new that, and if you aren't grounded in your faith and you aren't grounded in what it is you believe, you can either easily slide into the Dunning-Kruger effect and being very confident about something you're not very competent in because you got that initial burst of knowledge, that initial burst of information, and then you look up and it's all over the PG Lang, uh, the PG Lang trailer. It's all over the content. It's everywhere. It's about being mindful and being present and forgetting the past, right? And so it's packaged in a lot of really good sounding stuff, but when you dig beneath the surface, it's actually the original sin, which is saying, hey, I can be God. If we go back to Genesis chapter five, there's this line Kendrick had on the album where he said, I chose humanity over religion, okay? Now, if you look at Genesis chapter five, this is when God is kind of retelling the creation story. This is the written account of Adam's family. Um, when God created mankind, he made them in the likeness of God. He created them male and female and blessed them and he named them mankind when they were created, okay? So God creates Adam and Eve, and he names them mankind. Another word for Adam is just humanity, mankind, hu human, right? That's that word in the original language. So Adam is just a generic word for humanity or human. God creates mankind in his image, however man sins. Now check out what happens because of this. This is Romans chapter five. It says, therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, who is that? Adam, through the humanity of man, right? And in this way, death came to all people because all sinned. To be sure, sin was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not charged against anyone's account. So he's saying here, and Paul is writing to the church in Rome, and he's saying, listen, sin entered the world through what? Through one man, through Adam, okay? And then down, if you scroll down below, it says, but the gift is not like the trespass, for if the many died by the trespass of the one man, of the humanity, of the Adam, okay, of the one man, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to the many, okay? Nor can the gift of God be compared with the results of one man's sin. So, Adam is representative of humanity. Adam is representative of all of us. Jesus 
is divinity stepping into humanity to deal with the issue of Adam. He is the new Adam. He is the replacement for Adam, right? And so when someone says, I chose humanity over religion, what they're saying is, I'm choosing the lineage of Adam. I'm choosing the, 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 the pathway of my way, my divinity, me being with God, me being like God, me being a God versus Jesus who comes, lives the life we couldn't live, dies the death we should have died and rises on the cross. I chose humanity over religion. I chose Adam and Adam's way of doing things and my way of doing things and my divinity and, and, and my truth over the truth over God, over, over, over divinity, because there's a distinction. If we're looking at the gospel, there is a distinction. There is no, we're all divine and there's one consciousness. There is divine and there's human. Uh, Romans chapter one, it says the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Since what may be known about God It's plain to them because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. For although they knew God, they never glorified him as God, nor gave thanks to him. But their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like a mortal human being in birds and animals and reptiles. Therefore, God gave them over to their sinful desires. So here we have Paul saying people know that divinity and humanity are not the same. People know that there's a difference. People know. Why? Because the law of God is written on our hearts. Why? Because we know right from wrong. Why? Because we understand what is happening and we understand that, that we are not like God, that we are humans, that we are flawed and broken. And so because they knew they still suppressed the truth, they suppressed what was true. And so this is what you're seeing with, with, with Eckhart and his views is saying, hey, no, there's no distinction between divine and human. We're all divine. And so what he's doing is he's knocking God down to our level and he's trying to boost humanity up to God's level. Right. And then when you really peel away, you discover that there is no God. The God is presence. God is being in the moment. God is being here. You guys could go look at his interview with Oprah. You guys could go look at all this stuff. And so all of this is being infused into Kendrick's content. And though it sounds sophisticated and it sounds deep, it's not. This is the original thing that happened in a garden with being tempted to be God, to be divine. You're not divine. I am not divine. Okay? Through Jesus... The spirit can come indwell us and live in us, but that doesn't make us divine. You being more present is good. Be more present in the moment, but that doesn't make you divine. You need Jesus to get you to God through the pathway of Jesus. That is what the good news is, right? I got some questions for Kendrick and I got some questions for you guys, but before we get there, I got to give a, uh, we got to go to our sponsors. Hey, this video is brought to you today by our very own Bless God Shop. The name Blessed God is inspired by Luke chapter 2, verse 28, where Simeon encounters a baby Jesus in the temple and proceeds to, quote, bless God. The apparel is intended as a daily reminder to live our life in a way that brings honor and blessing to God. Check out the link to the shop in the description or in the pinned comment below and pick up some of the most sustainable and high quality apparel out there. 
This is what I appreciate about Kendrick is that in, in all of this, there's a lot of contradiction and he does tell you that he's not your savior. However, there is this underlying view that he is trying to be divine and reach divinity. So I appreciate that at least he's saying, I'm not your savior. However, I think he needs to leave the appearing like Jesus, floating like Jesus, all the imagery of Jesus. I think he needs to leave that alone, right? You're, you're, you're playing with God now. You're really playing with God. Furthermore, my question would be this. There's a lot of really bizarre bars on him and white women and being, you know, fornicating. And then him saying cracker over and over on the record. And then him saying that he might be racist and all, all this, this like bizarre kind of racial stuff. Right. And, and, and then as I was thinking about this, I'm like, okay, so I find it very telling that the poster child historically, which I understand he's trying to pull away from, of being the face of a lot of the social movements, the social justice movement, the person whose song was kind of this, you know, the, the soundtrack to a lot of the 2016 protest is at the same time gathering his theology and his philosophy about the world from an elderly white German man. Make that make sense to me. Channeling ancestors through smashing random white chicks on on tour, which is what he says, and he's going he's going to tell the, the the crackers he owns it all. And then the guy you're pulling, the guy you're pulling your view of the world from, that's all over your album. That's all over all of this stuff is an old white guy from a German white guy at that, a German white guy. Like, like, okay, so at some point, you just got to go, okay, like, is he now trolling us? Like, what's, what's happening here? Like, why? Right? And, 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 and as, if, as if Christianity doesn't have an incredible rich history with some of the oldest churches in the world are in Africa. Ethiopian Orthodox Church. Right. All the way going back to the book of Acts, the Coptic church, which traces their lineage in Egypt, the Coptic church, traces Egypt all the way back to Mark, who wrote the gospel of Mark. Okay, they said he was traveled with Peter. You got all this, all this amazing, rich history. However, the guy you want to be close with and you want to drive the PJ Lang mission statement, the guy you want, you know, that's narrating your album, your therapist, your spiritual guru, telling you you could be divine and, 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 and one, there's one consciousness and that's God. I, I'm at a loss. I'm at a, I don't understand. I don't understand. Right. Like I, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. And some of you guys would say, man, well, listen, you're judging Ruslan. That's not nice. And you know what I would say? You're right. I am judging. And if you read the scriptures, extra credit points, go read 1 Corinthians chapter 5. Whenever there's someone who's appearing and presenting themselves as a Christian, even if he's saying, I'm not a Christian today, historically, that is how he's presented himself. Whenever they're out of pocket, Christians are actually told to judge him. Okay? Why? Because that person has influence over other Christians. That person has influence and is a leader of other people. Ephesians tells us to expose the deeds of darkness. Maybe, maybe Kendrick is just in a rough patch and he doesn't quite understand 
the depth of what some of this toxic stuff that this dude is preaching, how just completely blasphemous it is. Maybe he doesn't understand. Maybe he'll come out of it. Maybe he'll he'll turn a, a corner. He's smart enough. He referenced, you know, questioning Kyrie over the vaccine stuff when he got, like, maybe he's, he's sharp enough to understand that, right? However, that doesn't mean that there's not a lot of folks that are approaching this who because of his history on Good Kid, Matt City, because of him kind of positioning himself as someone that's a leader, that are approaching this and receiving this information, this content, as if it is good, as if it is godly, as if it is even Christian, okay? And I think that's the part that's dangerous. I think Kendrick is a great artist. I think he's brilliant in so many different regards. However, I think the content of this record is extremely dark, and I think the 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 the, the one driving this, the person driving this is extremely problematic. And if you're getting your spiritual realities, spiritual doses from someone that got popping through Oprah, like that's a that's a problem. He has the right to believe whatever he wants to believe. I have the right to then challenge it with my little itty bitty platform. And the days are gone of... 20, 2017, 2015, 2013, where they can get online and they could position Baby Keem as some organic startup, really all along lying to the public because he was Kendrick's cousin all along, but they didn't want to tell people that. Those days are done. And if you look at the secular reviews of this album, he's getting roasted in, in, on that side too. Look up like Sean C and some of these guys that are reviewing his stuff that aren't Christians. Like they're not really rocking with this stuff either. I think the days of... Um, you being deceptive and lying about baby Keem or baby Keem lying to the public about the nepotism that is a part of his come up and saying he sent in a, a, a you know, a, a tape to, <laughs> to, to TDE. And then all of a sudden he was on the black Panther, like, and all along he's your, like, those days are gone. Those days are like, Folks are way too smart. They're way too sophisticated. And, uh, and and now with information and with people having platforms, this stuff is going to be called out and this stuff is going to be challenged. In the same way, if your favorite rapper was on some fam, I'm on some flat earth stuff. I'd be like, cool, man. You can believe whatever you want to believe. However, I get to also challenge that ridiculous belief. And spiritually speaking, the, the worldview and the theology driving this is the spiritual equivalent of saying the earth is flat. That's what this is, right? And I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be mean about it. I'm just saying that's what this is. Maybe the highest virtue that I attain and go after shouldn't be one of authenticity, of honesty, of don't judge me, of worshiping at the altar of art. Maybe the highest virtue and the highest value should be, hey, I got to submit my truth and my honesty to the truth. Maybe I have to submit my way of doing things to God's way of doing things. Maybe I have to recognize that I am not divine and I am not God and I am not Jesus. I am not Christ conscious. I'm a flawed human. It has some serious issues and that I'm not going to attain divinity by being more present. That the only thing is going to make a difference is Jesus and the sacrifice that he paid on the cross and creating a pathway for me to experience heaven on earth, but also have a path to the afterlife and eternity. We could talk about your truth and all that. Like, fam, no, no, no. And you could be on that. And guess what? I get to come on here and roast you if I feel like it. How about that? How about that? Everybody is so open-minded nowadays that your freaking brain is falling out. 
Just because somebody is talented, again, I'm not going Kendrick. Just because somebody's talented and influential doesn't mean you should be listening to what it is that they're preaching to you. And I get to just say, this is what this man believes. Y- y'all think this is right? You think you could be God through being more present? You think, you know, it's a bunch of goobly goggly gosh, she's not really saying anything. Hey, if you guys are on that, man, God bless you. However, however, I implore you to look into the historical claims of Jesus, of his resurrection, of the subsequent movement, international movement, global movement, not a white Western Christianity. No, no, Christianity has way deeper roots in parts of Africa, India, right? The Middle East than it does in the West. Go look at that. Go go trace back to what we're seeing and how it all connects and how all these people will worship the same Jesus, worship the same man that came, lived the life we couldn't live, died the death we should have died. Sometimes, man, sometimes the truth is just that. It is just the truth. And I'll, and I'll end it with this parallel. You know, b- back in the day when I used to travel, um, it used to be nice to go to fancy restaurants and try different foods and, 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 and you just get to you know, oh, we're going to go to this place. We're going to try this place. This this place, what's the restaurant town, right? And the service could be good and it could be fancy and it could be amazing and it could be a cool experience, right? But what you discover is if you travel long enough, if you eat out long enough, what you'll discover is it's nothing like a real home cooked meal from your wife. There's nothing, you go to the fanciest restaurant in the world, but there's nothing like coming home and sitting and having a meal with your family and a meal with your wife and and, and experiencing that. All this other stuff, it's fancy, (laughs) but I've traveled enough to know that where it's really at is it's at home. It's, It's sitting down and my wife is a better cook than all that, right, at home. And so I implore you, you're so open-minded and all this stuff, come home. Come home into Jesus. Jesus plus anything ruins everything. Jesus plus new ageism. Jesus plus Christ consciousness. Jesus plus whatever ruins it all. Sit at the feet of Jesus. Enjoy Jesus. That's where it's at. All this other stuff, you think it's cool. There's nothing like coming home, sitting at the feet of Jesus. Jesus plus anything ruins everything. If you guys want to check out my buddies from the Track Stars video over here, they help break this entire story for me and help me uh, get some information, as well as if you want to hear a totally, totally, totally different perspective on this by someone that actually disagrees with the Track Stars and myself, this is a good friend of mine as well. Check out my homie CP, the artist, and his response to the Track Stars. It's pretty awesome. Um, If you guys just want to hear a totally different perspective on this entire thing, you can go check that out, all right? Peace.